GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. The Gibraltar Literary Festival kicked off with a talk from Dame Andrea Ledsom about her memoir, Snakes and Ladders. Carrying out the interview was GBC Chief Executive James Niche, who joined me in the studio. Gibraltar's religious leaders came together with the governor and the chief minister for a silent reflection for peace, a beautiful sentiment that taps into conversations that many are having on the rock. Marriage Care celebrates its anniversary. If your relationship is in crisis or feels a little frayed around the edges, then they have trained counsellors who may be able to help you. We spoke to Patsy Felice and Yvonne Sacarello. And we also welcomed Ana Serra and Luis Stagneto of the Nautilus Project to discuss some designs that Ana, a young student, has created for the Marine Charity. But first, the Chief Minister has congratulated Pedro Sanchez on his successful re-election as Spanish Premier. Fabian Picardo spoke to us after Mr. Sanchez secured the votes in the Spanish Parliament. We don't yet know who the Spanish Foreign Minister will be, but we're hoping that the talks about Gibraltar's future relationship with Spain and the rest of the EU uh, that the talks for our future relationship treaty will continue as soon as possible and we're all hoping for a successful resolution to those talks. And because of that, we're all looking at the language used by our political leaders around that topic. So you might recall that in September, the chief minister said that what divides the Spanish and EU side from the Gibraltar UK side in those negotiations is 0.01%. Estamos de acuerdo en mucho más, uh, the Chief Minister told El País newspaper on the 9th of September. So 0.01% was what separated us on the 9th of September. And now our reporter Kevin Ruiz put a similar question to the Chief Minister and this is what Mr. Picardo had to say. In, in terms of how close we are, this is um, how long is a piece of string? Um, we can say we're 80% of the way there, we can say we're 99.9% of the way there. These are just ways of expressing that we are close, that we have few issues left. We are close enough that we all think and are optimistic that we will be able to resolve it, but there could be one final issue left the 0.001% issue that might not enable us to get over the line. So it really is quite irrelevant and it's just for the sake of, of talking that we talk about the proximity in terms of percentage or otherwise. This really is how long is a piece of string because what matters is that nothing is agreed until everything is agreed. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. James, uh, how did the Literary Festival get started this morning? Good ambiente? 
Uh, good afternoon. Good ambiente and uh, almost sold out rooms. Great to see a huge response. You know, it starts on a Friday morning and I thought originally, oh, maybe it picks up during the weekend. Uh, but Andrea led some fest on uh, this morning at 10. About 80 people in the room, almost sold out, just a, a handful of chairs left and, and many other of the events coming out already sold out. And it's it's great to see the atmosphere, not only amongst the speakers themselves, but also as the audience arrives and they interact. Andrea Letson was very good. She signed copies of the book after. She spent time speaking to everybody who came to the talk. Uh, and I just think that's just great for Gibraltar as, as the access to these speakers. So, I mean, she's a high-level um, conservative. Uh, you know, she was somebody who wanted to be the conservative leader. Uh, she twice. Was a prom- twice. Uh, she was a prominent Brexiteer. Um, what was what, what sort of questions did she get about her book? Uh, a range of uh, questions. If you read her book, it's called Snakes and Ladders, and just a really, really interesting take. Almost like... Uh, you, you had to read it before oh, yes, yes. Doing, didn't you? <laughs> I read it and, and I found it fascinating. I think she, she is very candid. She does say um, she's not out to get anybody. She speaks openly about the people that she doesn't like. Former Speaker John Burko, uh, Dominic Cummings, who we know as the former advisor to Boris Johnson. Who's been in the limelight in recent days because of the uh, inquiry in the UK. Yeah, so, so she's, she's very open about uh, the things that she likes. She makes a case for uh, politics being an honourable career despite how brutal it is and sometimes, you know, the headlines that we see and and the comments that we hear from politicians. But I think what's just really interesting is how she puts it so well that politics is, at least in the UK, a game of snakes and ladders. You get a call one day and you're up the ladder from the very bottom and your foreign secretary. And as we've seen only this week, Suella Braverman sacked David Cameron back in mm. Parliament. And Andrea without, Letson, e- without even being an MP. Exactly. And Andrea Letson with a new job. And that's the snakes and ladders that she talks about because you also get a call sometimes and it's brutal and it's like from tomorrow you don't have a job. Amazing. Uh, it's a great anecdote, uh, or great analogy rather, the snakes and ladders, because uh, that is literally the role of a dice that determines what happens. No? Yes, and, and she speaks very openly about that, about her career, you know, about the ups and downs, about how difficult it is. And we read some of the uh, paragraphs uh, from the book, and I, and I think it was great because um, I, I found that the audience had a bit of fun with it as well. And it, it's such a, a great insight, you know, when um, this week we see all the MPs walking up, well, except for David Cameron, but David Cameron as well, uh, walking up to number 10. And it's almost like you're always playing a game because you're you're counting how many have gone in. Foreign Secretary's gone, Home Secretary's gone. That's not for me. Get, get that. Am I get, get, get that? But am I getting the call? And then you get the call. And, and it's just really interesting because when you actually... She, she gave that sort of behind-the-scenes yes, insight. No? because when you do that walk, you don't know what job you're being offered. I, I just you, find you're called and you have to attend and you're not sure what you're going to be... Correct. Excellent. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Um... Although if you do get a call to go to the office and not do the walk for the media to see, that's the moment that's you know... That's a bad sign. Yeah, that's a bad sign. You know you've got sacked. Uh, what was the hardest question, do you think, that you put to her today? What was... I, I think I think the conversation possibly around David Cameron, because she is back now as a junior minister. Uh, and in the book, she does criticise David Cameron. She she feels that when he walked away after the 2016 referendum, it was a dereliction of duty. Uh, that's an actual quote from, from the book. Uh, but obviously, 
she does say that David Cameron has a lot to give and a lot to offer. And she speaks about his return to frontline politics, which was also very unexpected for her. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, and what's next then for the Literary Festival, James? So th- there's plenty to choose from. Uh, and I just think best thing is go to the GibraltarLiteraryFestival.com uh, website. Uh, we were talking about sold out events. Mary Berry this afternoon and again tomorrow, two events because that's been really She's popular. been big, no? Yeah, exactly. And I know that everybody's already used the, the pun selling like hotcakes so uh, we won't go there. Uh, Theresa May, former Prime Minister. And this is a really interesting moment because Andrea Letsam and Theresa May were uh, the last in the running ahead of Theresa May becoming Prime Minister at a time when David Cameron had resigned and David Cameron is back in Parliament. It just goes to show how colourful politics can be when Andrea Letsam and Theresa May come to Gibraltar at the same time. But uh, Theresa May again sold out. That's moved to the John McIntosh Hall uh, tomorrow at 12.30. She speaks on the abuse of power. And then there are sort of interesting stories from crime and spy novels to a Ukrainian refugee, 12-year-old Ukrainian refugee who kept a diary. Uh, So lots of interesting talks uh, over the weekend. And I think most of them, it looks really well attended. Okay, but potentially if there is somebody listening who uh, ha, your, whose interest has been piqued, they should check because there might still be a ticket or two for them. There are, I think James Naughty is sold out and Cleves is sold out. Eva Skalietska, she's the, the 12-year-old Ukrainian, Ukrainian yep. a refugee. I think there are some tickets for her. There are some tickets left for uh, something that I think is going to be quite interesting on Sunday morning. It's Tanya Goodin and uh, Rory Kellen-Jones. Uh, they're joining forces. And That's they're the BBC talking, chapel. Yeah, exactly. Former uh, technology, technology correspondent. Brilliant. And he's going to be speaking about uh, his book Always On and her book is My Brain Has Too Many any tabs open and it's about the concerns about excessive screen use and I think and AI so I think that's going that's to be really, really interesting on, yeah. on Sunday morning at 10 and also because I'm hosting that one you <laughs> always have many tabs open but do you ever feel that it's too many tabs uh, always all the time yeah yeah uh, when I heard that phrase I thought yes it's exactly what it is too yeah. many tabs yeah in my brain it's, uh, and, and also it's the way we operate constantly well <laughs> deep breaths <laughs> Gibraltar today with Jonathan Scott. We're going to uh, speak uh, about the uh, message of peace that the uh, uh, government has put out. Um, they brought together religious leaders, uh, together with the governor uh, and the leader of the humanist and uh, secular uh, society. Uh, and uh, and we'll talk uh, about that in just a moment. Present uh, were uh, the governor, Sir David Steele. The Chief Minister, Fabian Picardo, the Deputy Chief Minister, Joseph Garcia, Her Worship, the Mayor, Carmen Gomez, uh, the Bishop, Carmel Zamit, the Dean of Gibraltar, Ian Tarrant, uh, the Port Chaplain, Chris Rushton. Um, there were representatives of the Methodist Church, the Hindu community. Uh, Mr. Levy was there, James Levy, the president of the Jewish community, as was the chief rabbi. Uh, there was also a, a representative of uh, the mosque, um, Ibrahim al-Ibrahim, uh, which is on... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's the 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 mosque at uh, Europa Point, and there was there were representatives of both mosques uh, in short, and um, and it follows a conversation that the governor and the chief minister had with the Pope 
earlier this month, during which His Holiness emphasised that Gibraltar's interfaith harmony and respect should be preserved and treasured. Uh, and today the, the Chief Minister said that it was an honour to host Gibraltar's religious leaders, representatives of all faiths on the rock, in a, a one-minute silent reflection. Uh, the Governor and the Chief Minister uh, gave great consideration, particularly around Armistice Day, uh, to this matter, uh, uh, to the, the words of um, the, the Pope, uh, basically calling for uh, you know, uh, the, that uh, harmony that exists in Gibraltar uh, to, be, uh, to be celebrated. There has not been a single day of peace on earth since the end of the Second World War, said Mr. Picardo. So it's remarkable that our small corner of the world in Gibraltar, uh, that we live in peace and harmony. Uh, Mr. Picardo said he's thankful that we have been able to come together today to reflect on and share this message of peace while others sadly live through difficult and dangerous times. And that, to me, sounds like a beautiful message, a lovely sentiment that we can all get behind. Um, and I think it also taps into conversations that many of us in Gibraltar have been having as the harrowing images of wars across the world um, reach us in increasing frequency and, and strength uh, on social media and on international uh, news newspapers and, and news bulletins. Uh, we'd love to know what you think uh, about this, this uh, um, Gibraltar's religious leaders coming together with the governor and the chief minister for silent reflection for peace. You can get in touch on 200-66-200. You can give us a call or you can send us a WhatsApp message. And, uh, and we've got the first listener here. Uh, you may know him. And, um, and this is his message. I want to introduce myself. My name is Johnny Walker. I'm going to tell you something. In Gibraltarians, British Gibraltarians are all special people. But why? Because we live under one roof, all together, in the Rock of Gibraltar. I say under one roof because we're all from different religions, right? We have six religions, main religions in Gibraltar. We have Muslim, we have Jewish, we have Hindu, we have Church of England, we have Catholic, and we have JW, which is Jehovah Witness, okay? All these religions, we live together in harmony. We respect each other. We've always have. We are an example for the world to follow as we live here. At the moment, there's two wars on planet Earth. One is Russia against Ukraine, and the other one is Israel with the Gaza Strip. We have got nothing to do with this, but we wouldn't like it to be happening in planet Earth. In my family, there, there's four religions. There's a Catholic, there's a Protestant, there's a Muslim, and there's a Jewish. It doesn't matter what religions they practice. We all are together, we respect together, and we love each other. So I say to my Jewish community, stand at ease. We all love you. We all respect you. And we have nothing to do with Israel and the Gaza Strip. So I'll say no more. We're only human after all, and don't put the blame on me. Thank you, Johnny Walker, uh, speaking there to... Uh, the uh, coming together this morning for silent reflection for peace 
of Gibraltar's religious leaders with the governor, Sir David Steele, in the office of the chief minister, Fabian Picardo. Uh, a, a lovely sentiment there, and long may that um, coexistence continue here in Gibraltar, uh, and long may all Gibraltar residents feel safe on the Rock of Gibraltar. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Marriage Care is celebrating its anniversary. What is Marriage Care and who is it for? Uh, let's find out from Patsy Felisa and Yvonne Saccarello. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, congratulations on, on that anniversary. Um, what, um, what can you tell us about uh, Marriage Care and, and, and who, who's the organisation for? Um, marriage Care originally started um, after the war, after the Second World War in England. Um, there were a lot of couples who had a lot of difficulties. They hadn't been together very much. So um, they, um, the, there was an organisation started. It was the Catholic Marriage Advisory Council. Um, and that sort of carried on um, working with couples. In, I think it was 1995, they changed the name to Marriage Care. And uh, because we weren't all Catholics, we didn't just work with Catholics, we didn't just talk to people about marriages, we didn't give advice and we didn't sit in council talking around it. Um, but in Gibraltar, it started in December 1983. Um, and it was just after the uh, divorce law was passed and there was a, and a, the church started Marriage Care to um, help with couples who are married who are having difficulties. So... How, how, how does the group do that, Yvonne? Well, there's the, it's actually divided in like two systems. There's the, um, there's the counselling side um, that deals with if there are problems with a relationship or people just need advice on how to gather a relationship. Um, and then we have the preparation um, for the marriage, which is um, uh, a session called Preparing Together, which is basically a day spent in, in looking after the, the relationship, not just about the, the wedding, but talking about the relationship um, and giving time to that and, and, and looking at the possibility. I mean, it's not all a bed of roses and there will be problems and there will be little clinches and clashes all the way through because there's two different people coming from two very different backgrounds usually um, to meet up into relationships. So they both bring their baggage, they both bring their biases, they both bring all the different cultures, whatever it is. And so the... The idea is to help them to look at those differences and to acknowledge them and, and to love each other the way that they are and um, and to help them look ahead to the problem. With, if there is going to be a problem, you've got the tools to be able to deal with it, which is the important thing about keeping a marriage together is about keeping the relationship together. So so all of our lives, I suppose, are a little bit different, but, but we face similar challenges and, and, exactly. and the way that we can approach um, uh, challenges between a couple, uh, there will be um, similarities that, that, that you guys can, can build on exactly. and, and work with. Exactly. Look at the what joins you rather than what divides you. Um, and it's very important that to be able to deal with the, we call it the pinches and the crunches. If you have a pinch and you hang on to it and you hang on to it and you don't deal with it, eventually it'll become a crunch and that'll be a bigger thing. So it's just giving you the tool to be able to deal with the everyday little things that, um, that a relationship needs um, to keep it going strong and, and, and help the marriage to last. Please, God. And, and how easy or difficult is the work, Pat? Well, it depends. Um, 
It depends on the situation. Every couple's different. When we do the marriage marriage preps, it's hard to get people to come. The people who come are always very happy they've come and always they say, oh, I didn't expect this. I, it was lovely. We had a lovely time. So, so maybe people like almost don't know that the tools would be helpful, no? Uh, yes. I, I think they... I, I but, don't know. But they're more likely to seek you out when they know they need help. Yeah. Yeah, they, we have a, an answer phone. People uh, will ring if they need to. Um, and they'll get allocated a counsellor and they get seen once a week. We're a charity, so we don't ask for payment, but we're very happy to have donations. And and you said that it's uh, it's born from uh, a Roman Catholic organisation, but but it's for everybody today. It's for everybody. We uh, all our counsellors are not Catholic, um, and our clients have come from a very diverse uh, background. So yeah. And uh, counsellors have to sort of have a particular skill set, a training? We have to be trained. Um, you can either be a trained counsellor and be given the uh, relationship uh, counselling bit extra training, uh, training, or you can be trained from scratch. Um, but yes, all our tra- counsellors are professionally trained. We have uh, supervision, we have trainers, um, there's... Um, there used to be an annual conference that it stopped over COVID. It started again this last year. And uh, there's always training in, in, in England or here. So the organisation has been helping couples with their relationships for over 70 years. Uh, how are times changing? Uh, in 2023, how, how do we compare in terms of the number of people maybe um, seeking help? I, th- I think... I think maybe there are more now. Counselling is less of a taboo than it used to be. Um, I think when I started, there was more issues with in-laws, I think, than they are now. <laughs> um, There's a laugh there from houses. Yvonne. <laughs> yeah. um, the, uh, the eternal sort of the outlaws, no? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's still working. We use different... Uh, we started using EFT uh, about 10 years ago, which is emotionally focused therapy, which it works on the attachment and connection between the couple. You know, the reality is that if your relationship is good and strong, you, you it's a safe haven. You're going to be able to cope with everything else much better. I'm sure. Uh, so you, you mentioned there that uh, donations are welcome. That's because um, you're a charity uh, and, and you're set up as a charity, but, but you, you'll have overheads uh, that you need to uh, meet in order to, to keep things ticking over. The government does give us a grant, which we're very grateful for. Okay, uh, and um, I suppose this uh, is a question um, of uh, drawing, uh, celebrating the fact that you've been helping couples for, for over 70 years, um, but also a, a, a call out for anybody who might hear this mm-hmm. uh, and think, actually, um, maybe maybe I should uh, talk to my partner about, uh, uh, about speaking to marriage care because we have some issues that we need to work through. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, if you have a problem, come. Come before it's so bad that you're leaving. Come when you can work on it. And absolutely, if both if both people who come for counselling, that couple both want to work on it, it will work. And what's the best way of reaching out to uh, marriage care? Well, they can ring 200 71717 and leave a message on the answer phone. Um, or they can... Uh, 
uh, the National um, Marriage Care UK have, have a website. They can contact us via the website. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. We're going to talk uh, to the Nautilus Project now. They're celebrating the Anna Serra collection. Um, it's a, a new design to Anna's growing line uh, with three previous unique creations. The octopus arm is her latest, and Anna's here together with uh, Louis Stagnet. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. How are you, and, um, and, and how proud are you of this work? Uh, very... Very um, in, very proud of it actually being on the T-shirt because there has been one or two that did not because they were my first ones. But, um, yeah, this one's taken about, like, a good few hours of my weeks. So, yeah. Excellent. Uh, Lewis, what, what can you tell us of the design? So the the designs represent different uh, um, like marine projects or, or awareness campaigns that we're running. Um, the Nautilus one is obviously representing the charity, but we've also got the jellyfish representing what's happening with climate change and the increase in number of blooms that we're seeing in the summertime uh, around Gibraltar and around the, the rest of the world. And we've also got the seahorse, and that's particular to Gibraltar because, as we all know, we've got two species of uh, seahorse here, and um, the numbers are dwindling because the habitat, their seagrass meadows, have all but been eradicated. Um, and the latest one is really uh, the octopus, because, as you know, we have a, an octopus uh, ban, hunting ban, that happens during the breeding season, or at least the main part of the breeding season, and the purpose of that is to allow them to reproduce so that there are more of them, and, and that's the latest design. How did you get into um, creating these designs for the Nautilus Project, Anna? Well, I needed hours for my Duke of Edinburgh um, awards. And so I was talking with Melania and she was like, if you want to just do some some images and you can just do them and we could use them and those are your hours. And that's where it started and I've really come to love doing it. It's really fun. And, and art is, and design is something that you're Yeah, it's one of my in. A-levels and I did it since GCSEs, so... And how did you approach the challenge of creating these new designs for the Nautilus? Did you start with uh, the sort of, um, you know, uh, choosing the octopus, choosing the jellyfish because of what they mean? For example, for the octopus, my dad's a fisherman. Well, he likes fishing, he's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I love that. And he was talking about the ban, and so I was just looking into it, looked at an octopus and decided to draw the tentacle part of it instead of the entire one so yeah pretty um but you were confident that you could represent the octopus with just the tentacle yeah because it's quite a distinct feature of them really it is yeah 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 and actually in the wild the the octopus uh typically sometimes will extend the tentacle outside of their den and that's uh, one of the aspects of the the design of the t-shirt that i really like because it's asymmetrical the tentacle just kind of creeps out from underneath your arm and it's quite representative of what a diver might see on the water which is lovely and uh, you keep on um uh, bringing new young people into the Nautilus project, Lewis, which must be so gratifying to you because at the end of the day, um, you know, when when climate change is such a big part of um, the stories that you are telling, um, to to have people who are most going to be affected by it involved must be, as I say, very very pleasing for you. 
Well, it is, uh, and it also gives us the chance to work with with some very talented people along the way. You know, remember that uh, our youth are the future. You know, art teachers or politicians or you know whatever it is of tomorrow. And uh, and Anna has a particular talent, and I'm sure anyone that sees any of the designs uh, will agree with me on that. And, and it's really lovely to be able to work with her and, and, and other artists that we've been working with on on various projects. Brilliant. Um, Anna, what's the ambiente like in the Nautilus project? Because as I say, there are a lot of young people involved. Hmm? Yeah, I mean, aside from the young people, which obviously are going to bring ambiente, Melanie and uh, Luis here um, very, are very sweet people and they they are very strict on their like plans and what they want to do, but they're very welcoming to anyone who wants to just try it out and decide whether they like it or not. Very uh- homely. <laughs> well, that sounds like a ringing endorsement, so I, I guess you would recommend it, no, to yeah. anyone who's listening who's interested? I would highly recommend it. It brings you a sense of community and you make some really cool friends. Excellent. And do you think that um, th- this is uh, an area that you're going to continue to be interested in in the coming years, you know, working with the Nautilus or if you go away to study with, with similar charities? I mean, I'm always going to be in support of the Nautilus charity because they have done a lot of things for me. But whether I do this on myself, I don't know. It looks like a lot of work for the two of them. I don't know how they do it. But um, I would 100% um, continue supporting them and doing what I can. Music to you, yes, Lewis. Um, what's next for the Nautilus Project? Uh, we've got a number of uh, projects coming online, hopefully this year. We've applied for some funding from various funding organisations and uh, we'll wait the results of, of those funding applications. If, if they come through, we, we've got some exciting things on the cards for, for Gibraltar in terms of uh, safeguarding our, our ecosystem. And of course, I suppose then that speaks to the reality uh, of uh, of what you do, that you also need to uh, sort of make sure that you get funding uh, for different projects. Uh, but um, but I imagine that uh, having so many young people involved makes that request all the more meaningful and, and easier for, for your sponsors to oblige. Absolutely. It's 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 great giving um, students the opportunity to do this. Um, you know, Anna's an art student and you wouldn't necessarily marry uh, art with marine biology, but um, that's one of the, the, the most rewarding things about this and working with young people. Essentially, you look at their skills, you look at what they can contribute, and then you try and facilitate that in some way. And, and it, you know, honestly, I, I couldn't be happier doing what we're doing. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for, for coming in uh, to talk to us about the Anna Serra collection, uh, which people can enjoy on the Nautilus Project's social media. And if you're interested, you could uh, purchase a T-shirt. Brilliant. And how can we do that? So yeah, if you uh, get in touch either via Facebook or via email, so the email's info at thenautilusproject.co, not .com, just .co, then um, put an order in and we'll, we'll sort out the T-shirts for you, whichever uh, design you And like. those monies will go to...? The, the money goes towards the charity to help our education programme, exactly. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.